Welcome to Under the Husk. We are back for what is being touted as the episode of the year. I won't say what news sources have been calling it the episode of the year, but of that, there are many. Uh, We had a very successful vet draft. I believe it was now a week ago, just about. Uh, A few little hiccups. Uh, Sanchez challenged the ruling of the Bradley-Deshaun winning bid, but cooler heads prevailed, and the very extremely stoned commissioner got the bug fixed. Uh, Before we get into the best pot of the year, uh, there is one housekeeping item that I do want to go over. Only one league member, Ryan Rupert, is officially settled up for all four years. And I say four years because there is an initial settlement last year of $378. And every year following, you pay the $126 entry fee to keep yourself current three years in advance to be able to trade those coveted draft picks. So I will be reaching out over the next couple days. Most of you are only on the hook for this year's dues. A few of you scums owe me a little bit more. Um, But anyway, that's enough from me. Let me get to the co-host who's sitting next to me. He's got his watermelon bubblegum flavored lava vape sitting next to him and he's got a nice shit eating grin on his face. It is the China Man. This is the episode of the year. We do have a great ad read for you guys. I know there was a lot of criticism. I love the criticism of saying, yeah, Gino, some of the ad reads are good. The other ad reads you do a little too seriously. So scale it back. They're not real sponsors. Oh, they're real sponsors. Well, they're real sponsors. But we could say would be a little more liberal in terms of our ad reads. It doesn't have to be by the book um, because, again, I think the payment structure is a little bit different than most podcast ad reads. So that was a big point of emphasis over the weekend when I was joined by some league members here at the Artisan watching UFC. So we're going to take that constructive criticism into this week and future weeks. But I'm very, very excited, doing a lot of prep. They call me Nikki Pivot Tables. We've made a nice little pivot table about the Corn Vet draft results. We're going to get into it. Going to do some grades. Going to do some records. It's going to be a lot of fun, Jim. And we have Modelo's, so never a bad time. Yeah, uh, I will say I was uh, pleasantly surprised by uh, Gino's ability to maneuver Excel. Uh, I, uh, you know, he's not a finesse guy, and Excel is typically a finesse product. Well, I was sausage fingering some of the keys there, but uh, get, yeah, get, yeah. get a little closer to the mic. I, I got to work on this later. I need it in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> it's still early, right? Recording at six o'clock. Yeah, I'm not drunk just yet, but we'll see where the night takes us. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just before we get into it, I'll give you a little breakdown of the format here. Uh, Genoa Pivot Table set up a nice sheet for us. Uh, we have. Every organization's summary uh, from the vet draft. So how much they spent, who they spent it on. Uh, And then Gino and I, both with that information, uh, gave a draft grade and then an updated record uh, to go along with the now filled out roster spots. Because if you take a look at that uh, waiver wire, Jim's, 
there's not much out there. So your roster is pretty much what you're rolling in with uh, after the vet draft. So we're going to go through everyone, even myself and Brad, who only picked up one player, or maybe Brad picked up two. But uh, we're really going to get into the nitty gritty and we're going to end the day off with our playoff predictions. Oh, boy. So, uh, Gino, uh, before I get into the first uh, organization, is there anything you want to go over just from a housekeeping standpoint? Nothing from my end. Uh, I'm trying to think of any trades in the NFL that occurred, any major injuries that occurred, but I think we pretty much covered it. I know last week we took a week off. Uh, You were in the office. I was traveling, so we couldn't really do a pod, but... Yeah, I'm locked, loaded, ready to go. Yeah, I mean, we, we need to sit on this information a little Sizzle. bit, too. Yeah, let it let it simmer, sizzle, whatever you want to say. So we are, and this is all just, you know, this, this happened randomly. The first team we will be going over is Boats and Young Ho. Uh, Boats spent 59 big ones in the draft, taking home Odell Beckham Jr., Eno Benjamin, Snoop Connor. Drew Swagcock Lock, Jordan Love, KJ Osborne, and Trey Sermon. Uh, the high contract was KJ Osborne is $15. And if you're looking at yourself like I am and saying, there's not a lot of starters in that group, Jim, you would not be of a different mindset. So uh, I'll let Gino get into his breakdown, but just to let you guys all know, I have Sanchez pegged for a C minus draft grade. I have him pegged for a C. Sanchez came in, not a ton of money. He allocated $59, and not a lot of them were starters. Granted, he didn't need a lot of starters. Uh, $5 on a free agent, Odell Beckham, coming off an injury. Okay. Uh, Then he got $8 on Drew Locke, who may or may not be the starter. I think the big piece here was Jordan Love because that's a future move. We talked about two weeks ago how Sanchez might not be set up for the future. He might have taken that into consideration. Uh, Maybe a little bit rich for K.J. Osborne, but really could emerge as that wide receiver three in Minnesota, a little bit more pass-happy. And then $12 on Trey Sermon. While I like it on draft night, we're reading reports now that he might not even be a lock to make the team. I think think he is going to make the team. But again, his role may be more of a running back four in San Francisco. Um, That being said, though, even though the draft grade is a C, I spent the night... Uh, after draft night, looking at everyone's roster, and I just I find it very, very hard to believe that Sanchez is not going to be back in contention. Uh, he's running it back with a great quarterback room, with a solid, solid running back committee with Eckler, Chase Edmonds, A.J. Dillon, the rookie, uh, Brees Hall, who there's been some bad reports over the past couple days, but again, that's more of a long-term play. Keenan, Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith, Renfro, Adam Thielen. How could you not like that? And then tight end room, you know, a little bit shaky, but you probably have Ertz starting for you um, and should be productive for the first six weeks. So I got to give Sanchez all the credit in the world. He did a lot of maneuvering over the past six months after Mm -hmm. winning that championship. I see him again in the driver's seat for a potential repeat. Draft grade a C, Gino record, 10 and 4. Yeah, uh, I will say uh, my favorite pick in the draft is Enolbius Benjamin. I was going in on him, uh, and Sanchez just had the the quid to outbid me. Um, so, again, I didn't like the draft. Uh, and, again, th- th- this tr- doesn't necessarily 
uh, play into their ability to compete this year. But when you look at depth pieces, I think that you could have went with some other guys. Uh, I agree, though. I have Sanchez maybe shaving one win off from last year. Not so much due to his team's demise, but I think a lot of the league smartened up and got better. I have Sanchez squarely in the playoffs at 9-5. and five. Uh, Moving on. Cosmic Gumbo, a big spender in the draft, dropping 140 beans. He picked up Miles Gaskin, Deontay Hardy, no idea who that is. Same. Taylor Heineke, a former domer. Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Sterling Shepard. Uh, Kyler and Rodgers went for the majority of that team's spending. All of the other players were $1. Um, you know, what can I say? I, I, I think there were pieces needed uh, on Gumbo's roster, but the most glaring hole was quarterback and boy did he address that position picking up two depending on how you look at it top six quarterbacks Mm -hmm. uh he got he got the two jewels that were on the board um so good on gumbo i have him with a b plus uh grade i personally to give him an a i would have liked to maybe have seen him uh, only pick one of these quarterbacks and, and maybe go for some other positional players, but can't fault him for shoring up that room. And I think no matter what, no matter where your pitfalls may be across your roster, if you're rolling out Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers week after week, you are going to be in maybe not in contention for the league, but in contention in every single matchup. Yeah, I got to admit, coming in, I had a lot of questions about Gumbo, but coming out of the vet draft, I got to give him an A. So he addressed those quarterback needs because 10 days ago, really the only starting quarterback on his roster was Mitch Trubisky, who probably might not even start, Geno Smith, who probably might not even start. Now all of a sudden he flips the script, gets Aaron Rodgers, gets Kyler Murray. Uh, Kudos to him for making those cuts of Kamara and a few other guys to free up that cap space. Uh, now Cosmic Gumbo's in the driver's seat to get back to the playoff. He did some, you know, $1 ads here of a Tyler Heineke in case Carson Wentz goes to shit. Uh, I do like the Sterling Shepard ad of $1. That was late. I think that might have been the last draft pick of the vet draft. And he's back. And he's back off the PUP. Again, maybe not healthy for the first week or so. Um, but again, he avoided that PUP, so he technically can start week one. Uh, for a guy who traded away Kadarius Tony. Now, all of a sudden, he gets a Giants wide receiver. Kadarius Tony's hurt. What's not mentioned in this draft grade um, that I want to account for is the trade of Cordell Patterson and uh, Kadarius Tony. I think Cosmic Gumbo looked at his wide receiver room and said, I have a lot of depth here, but I need to upgrade the running back room. Now, granted, Cordell Patterson is, what, 30, 31, so he probably doesn't have a lot of you know, gas left in the tank. However, I still think he's going to be valuable this year, and that's what Gumbo is relying on. Oh, and by the way, Kadarius Tony's banged up with a hamstring. That, so that that should not factor into the trade. Again, future outlook, long term, I, I would much rather have Kadarius Tony for the same price as Corderell Patterson. For this year, I would not be surprised at all if Corderell outproduces Kadarius Tony and helps Cosmic Gumbo fill that void. So I really like what Gumbo did. Uh, another 
mention to Gumbo is that he was on that Zoom early and often. Uh, we kept getting disconnected after the 40-minute mark, and he kept being the first one on. So kudos to Gumbo just showing his involvement and dedication to this league. I give him an A for the draft, and I give him an 8-6 and six record, which is two games better than what I had prior to the vet draft. So Gumbo, congratulations on a great draft. Yeah, I have him at 7-7. Seven and seven. I be honest, I don't remember what I gave him. I probably would guess it would have been six and eight. Um, maybe I should have had him lower before because obviously those two quarterbacks make a huge difference in, in the team's ability to compete. But I think the holes across the board uh, are going to make any week that Kyler and Rodgers don't perform really difficult uh to win so i have him at seven and seven and i believe i believe based on the parity of this year that is going to push for a playoff spot we're going to do our playoff preview uh later on but um i think that might squeak in depending Mm -hmm. on what happens across the league uh which we will talk about um i also just want to mention that trade i i gotta mention it ah I believe that uh, it may be a bit short-sighted, um, but we'll see. You, we never know. We never know these things. Kadarius Tony is still a very unproven commodity. Uh, Cordero Pat- Patterson, uh, we kind of know what he can do, and we kind of know how he's going to be deployed. Uh, so, like you said, he's getting old, but I think this year – uh, probably minus 110 either direction for fantasy points. Um, so we'll see. Maybe you'll prove us wrong, but I, I, I wasn't a big endorser of that uh, that trade when I first saw it. Um, you have anything else we want to say about Gumbo? Other than good guy? Great guy. Uh, and Deontay Hardy is a deep sleeper for the New Orleans Saints. Deep I don't think he's going to have much value, but any New Orleans Saints. Is Actually, a- he had 107. 107- Fantasy points last year. No right, idea. Right, but now he's probably going to be the wide receiver four Me. or five. So outscored we'll A. Rob, Sterling Shepard, and MVS last year. Uh, look, I'm I'm calling it out for a reason. I think for a one dollar ad, it's not bad. Um, if anything does happen to Michael Thomas, who all of a sudden's hurt again, uh, he's a deep threat. You know, Jameis could sling the ball. So again, I like the the deep ad by Gumbo there. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We move to his brother, mm. the youngest son of Don Pugliese. Speaking of, I heard Don Pugliese uh, pulled the number one overall pick back in the home league. Good for him. He deserves it. Seems a little uh, rigged. Though. It does seem a yeah. little rigged that the Don who works in uh, waste management would pull the number one pick. But right. anyway, moving on. Deshaun... Uh, Spent $23. He didn't deploy as much of his capital as maybe some of the others did. I think uh, I was with him on draft night. I think some of these uh, bids got away from him early on in the draft. He maybe wasn't super committal on any of the guys that were commanding the big bucks. So DMP, Eric Puglisi, spent $23 uh, on Tristan Ebner, Chris Evans, Philip Lindsay, Levisque Chenault, Benny Snell, Tyrod Taylor, and Jelani Woods. It's another group of secondary roster players. Uh, I always am of the mindset, while it may not have been available, your depth pieces, you want them to at least have carved out roles. I think a lot of these guys don't. 
and it will rely on injury. It will rely on serious breakout. Uh, I do like the Jelani Woods ad. Uh, I think $7 is a little rich, but I think if he pans out and he is a, a Matt Ryan favorite target in the red zone and he scores 10 touchdowns, then it's well worth the money. So mm-hmm. uh, I gave EP a B minus here. I think there wasn't much he could do. And I think he probably came to this draft committed to not overspending mm-hmm. uh, anywhere. I do think some of these guys, though, have a have a pretty circuitous route to fantasy success. Love it. Fitting those SAT words in there, corn man. Well, you gave him a B minus. I have to disagree with you here. I gave him a C. And the reason being is because if you look at the end of the draft, EP still has $35 left in cap. Uh, we talked about how his running back two could have been upgraded because although Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell is productive and solid, He's one injury away from having a huge question mark at his RB2. So $35, if you wanted to get a little bit more aggressive, that could have got you a running back such as Clyde, such as Gibson, such as Rashad Penny. And it was DMP's prerogative to not go after those guys. So while I like him for being conservative and keeping that cap, he didn't really bolster the roster. And that's why I have to give him a C. That being said, though, the DMP roster didn't really need to get upgraded yeah, head to toe. Mm-hmm. And that's why I still think he's going to be competing for a playoff spot. He's going to be 9-5. and five. That's my record that I'm giving him. I do like the Jelani Woods ad at $7 because we talked about Jelani. how how that tight end position was very, very weak for DMP and still is for DMP. Um, DMP could have gone after a Waller. He could have gone after a Pitts because he kind of had that money to finagle after the Terry McLaurin you know, 11th hour cut, but he decided not to. So while I, I give the draft grade a knock and it's a C, uh, you still really have to like what DMP is doing. Has, in my opinion, a top three, four quarterback room. Uh, he has a top two, three wide receiver room. So again, outlook for this year, I love, but you didn't really spend a ton of money. And again, that's that's you know your prerogative not to. He is rolling into the season with, the, I believe, the most cap space. Right, but as we touched on it, the beginning of the show there's not a lot trades though trades true yep and he could be in a position week 10 to to, to pull to that buy. trigger yep but there's not it's very dry well here in the free agent draft sure. uh, i'm sorry in the free agent waivers you can't really go and say i'm going to outbid someone eight nine dollars because there's no one to bid on so tyrod taylor i thought was interesting at one dollar because daniel jones game could go to shit he could get hurt all of a sudden you have a trade piece uh, I do like LaVisca Chenault. So, again, there are some few things I liked there. But not spending the extra $25, $30, in my opinion, is why I gave that draft grade a C. But, again, still like the roster from head to toe. Will compete. I think he might be one or two pieces away from getting over the hump. But good things in the 2022 year for DMP. Yep. I have uh, I have DMP taking a small step back. And again, just like Sanchez, uh, I think you'll see the theme of this pod today is parity in the league. Uh, I think a lot of the teams that needed to make big moves in the draft did uh, and also made big moves in the trade space. Um, and I think a lot of teams that were really good last year had players that they couldn't hold on to. So I think things tightened up. People are learning the landscape of this league. I have DMP. So with all that said, I have DMP at an eight and six record. Still, I think firmly in the playoffs in that uh, Palestine division. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, I, I think there's question marks. I think he's really riding that horse of Jonathan Taylor in that running back room. Um, I think that, you know, while there are some big names in the wide receiver room, uh, there are question marks uh, around their viability long, both long-term and in new situations. So we'll see. I think EP's team has the depth that is required, at least in some rooms, to uh, sustain a successful season. But I do agree with you that getting over the hump this year is going to take some overachievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did not add any of those guys right. through the draft. Right. I mean, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but God forbid Elijah Mitchell gets hurt and Tony Pollard is still clearly behind Zeke. Ugh, you know, that, that week 10 to week 17 stretch, let's just say that's when the injury occurs. You might be thinking back, mm, I should have spent a little bit more money in August. Again, I can't predict the future. I'm terrible at it. But this is my analysis. That's why I give him a C. Yep, I think that's a good. I think it's a good breakdown. Um, and, B minus, uh, so you know, close. But yeah, I, I gave him. I gave him a B minus. I, I think my reasoning for the B minus was less about the people that he added and more about not completely just blowing it up to blow it up. Sure. And I think some teams bought a lot of players but didn't really make a big impact. And I think EP did a good job of being prudent when it just didn't make sense to to go all in. So. Um, all right, that is DMP. Our next, our next player, Evil Stevie, spent two hundred and thirty-one dollars in the draft. Wow, he really almost spent all that money. Uh, he came in as the big spender, and he left as the big spender. Uh, let's break it down. He had Amir Abdullah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Antonio Gibson. Tyree Kill, Nuke, Marlon Mack, Isaiah McKenzie, Terry McLaurin, Rahemius Mostert, and Darren the Walrus Waller. Um, you know, so I'll start off by saying I gave Keith a C here, which when you listen to some of those names, uh, you may think, how can you get a C in that draft? Well, uh, outside of Reek, in my opinion, Keith bought the fringe he bought volume of the fringe elite players as opposed to going all in on maybe three or four guys that really could have moved the needle mm-hmm. um you know Amir Abdullah Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Antonio Gibson uh and Raheem right those are four running backs I don't know if any of them finish inside of the top 20 I agree with you uh, and and you're counting on those guys to be your your starters, uh, really. Um, so Reek, I think, is a great ad. Uh, I think Nuke is a great ad if you can keep your head above water for those first six weeks. Uh, but I I do think that maybe instead of buying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys, or maybe it starts even before that, maybe before dropping enough players to have to spend for 10 guys, maybe you'd be better suited uh, having spent up on some of the real, real premier studs. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I gave him a C minus. And exactly to your point, you look at all those names that he added, how could you say we're giving him a C minus? 
well, coming into the draft, his quarterbacks were Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan. Coming out of the draft, his quarterbacks are Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan. Only Daniel Jones and only Matt Ryan. We talk about it all the time, how you need quarterbacks. One thing happens to them, now all of a sudden you have one quarterback. When there's a bye week, you're only starting one. There's zero quarterbacks on the waiver wire to pick up. That it, it starts and ends there in terms of the analysis of the draft grade. But you look a little bit further. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, probably that wide receiver 20 to 25 range. So he has the potential to finish as a, as a wide receiver too. Antonio Gibson for $29, uh, that might be a waste of 30 bucks. It really might be. Um, B-Rob has... I don't want to say supplanted him and or you know removed him from the running back one category, but it's looking shaky in preseason. Let me ask you this: Is there a scenario where this is just a, a classic like coach player like friction where they're fucking with his head by putting him on punt return, putting him on kick return, and then he like is actually still the starter? It could be, but here's the thing that. Is proving that's out, what Keith is betting on. But it's proving out to be a three-headed running back by committee. And to spend 30 bucks on that guy when you know he's not going to get short yardage and you know he's not going to get receptions is a risky proposition. So instead of the 29 and the 32 that he allocated to Clyde and Gibson, he could have spent 65, 67 to go after Zeke. I think he would have been much better suited, and I think his draft grade would have been a B-. minus. The other thing what I'm ripping on him for is he gets DeAndre Hopkins for $31. We talked about it a month ago. DeAndre Hopkins only makes sense if you're four and two, you know, five and one after six weeks, after seven weeks. But I don't think Evil Steve is going to start off pretty hot. I maybe give him two and four, maybe a three and three. And all of a sudden, is that DeAndre Hopkins? Add? Could, could become a trade piece, though. Could become a trade piece. Because that, that contract's not bad if he's, not, if he's, if he's a number one receiver. But then he also cut Godwin, who could have been, what, 40 bucks? So I, I just – and Godwin all of a sudden is probably going to play within the first six weeks. So I think it was a, a net negative on that wide receiver one category. Now, he did get Tyreek, and there's some injuries to Jalen Wall, and Tyreek is, is clearly emerging as a wide receiver one there. But here's the other head-scratcher. You have Pat French Frymuth for 3 bucks Now, again, French Frymuth is not like the elite of the elite tight ends, but do you really need to add Darren Waller for 29 Now, I like the contract at 29 but did you really need to go out there and spend another 30? So when you said he spent $231, I'm scratching my head saying, what, what are the real key elements that he added? Because he could have used the 30 bucks on Gibson, the 30 bucks on Waller, the 30 bucks on Clyde to actually outbid his brother on Kamara, to outbid Tonelli on Zeke. And I think he would have been in a much better position. So we're not even talking about the quarterbacks. He could have got A-Rod. He could have got Kyler again. So I just I didn't love the strategy by Evil Stevie. Maybe he came into it thinking he was going to outbid a bunch of people, and then he got cold feet. But I just I didn't like the strategy. I didn't like the direction. I have to imagine that a handful of these guys are going to be one year rentals, and then it's going to go back into the draft next year. He also has a ton of draft capital next year too. So I don't think this is the year for Evil Stevie. I'm giving him a C minus draft grade. I'm giving him five and nine record. I was disappointed because as a big spender, you want to see some fireworks? I didn't get any fireworks. Yeah, I I am not far off. I gave him a six and eight record. I think some of these guys are gonna are gonna come through. But I think what's interesting is the parallel between 
NFL free agency and corn free agency, a lot of times the teams that have the big cap space and spend the most money, a lot of their ads like make no sense. Uh, and or, you know, they were just what's out there. Um, mm-hmm. So you just pay for them to fill the need. I agree. I think that the core players on Eagles TV's rosters are, are on good contracts mm-hmm. uh, and with the right type of rebuild. Um, he's he's he's, um, he's a one good draft away. Right. Uh, because the strategy of dropping players, you could just try again next year. And then you could add some strong rookies. Right. Um, and, and I know this sounds like we just, we just ragged on evil Stevie for five, six minutes, but, uh, under the husk, we like to shoot it straight. Um, and I think, uh, the best bet for Stevie here is just to make us eat our words. Uh, his players undoubtedly listen to this podcast. Uh, and I would have to imagine that they just got a fire lit under their ass. But I, I will say, I'll end it here. I do think if any one of these guys that's in that like $25 to $35 range that he's got outperform, regardless of his team's performance, he's got deadline pieces. Because mm-hmm. look at a guy like EP who's got $35 to spend. He can take on a $39 Terry McLaurin. A Clyde. He could take yeah. on a Clyde. He could take yep. on a nuke. He, like, you know, so if any of these guys do anything, Keith could be looking at first round draft capital Correct. immediately yep. uh, in a season that, you know, could still, if things fall the right way, push for a, a last playoff spot. Yeah. And again, he still has some nice young pieces. I mean, Hollywood Brown at six, Darnell Mooney at seven, uh, James Cook, the rookie at nine. I mean, there, there are some good pieces there that he could build around. And we're, I think we're, I'm sorry. This episode, we're talking about the draft that happened 10 days ago. We're not talking about the draft that's going to happen in nine months from now, in April and May. And that's when Evil Stevie's going to load up. And I think that's when he got a lot of picks and he can make a move. That's probably when he's going to address the quarterback. So, again, it was an experiment for Evil Stevie. Did it work? Too early to tell. But, again, interesting draft day strategy. I don't think it was in his best interest. I could be proven wrong. I think he's going to be at the bottom of this league, bottom of our division. All right. Keith, we love you. Next team we're looking at is yours truly, HHC, the Hoboken Hellfire Club owned by Joey Bags. Uh, He spent $52 on Daniel Bellinger, Cameron Brait, Andy Dalton, Tyler Huntley, V. Luce Jones, Rashad Penny, Kyle Phillips, and Kyron Williams. I gave Gino a C minus. Uh, in my opinion, my co-host had the worst draft ridiculous. Of, of the bunch. I look at this group. I see uh, two tight ends who are either a backup or unproven. Uh, I see two quarterbacks who are backups. Um, and then I see a couple guys who are also backups and have question marks. So, I, yes, he planted his flag on Kyle Phillips, although he dropped him and then got him back. But uh, he was paid as if he were the premium rookie in the entire still is league. Still is. Uh, I just I just look at this this roster and I see well fifty two dollars. Uh, you know that's a lot of money. Yeah, you you purchased eight guys but in my opinion outside of maybe the first six to eight weeks 
Rashad Penny, in my opinion, is the only player here that moves the needle on your roster, which, in my opinion, needed some help. Uh, let me just pull up your roster because you're usually the roster analysis guy, but since it's your team, I'm going to do the analysis. Go for it. Um, and, and look, this is a little bit of uh, co-host controversy. Uh, being being transparent with the group, I have the Hellfire Club pegged for a 5-9 and nine season uh, heading into next season's rookie draft that uh, – in rebuild, and Gino is next to me shaking his head vehemently. But let me just break down this roster for you, okay? Uh, we have Lamar and Jamulius. That's fine. That's fine in the quarterback room. Uh, week to week, we're rolling out Nick Chubb. And I mean, it depends what your thoughts are, but probably Rashad Benning to start the year. Maybe J.K. Dobbins soon thereafter. Gino's high on Brian Robinson, but I don't know. Uh, that that wide receiver room, Stefan Diggs, obvious every week starter. I think Robert Woods probably projects to be, but we don't know. If Kyle Phillips is as good as you say, him and Robert Woods. Different positions. I, I, I don't know. One's a Z, one's a slot. You know, and, and then you got a combination of Olave, Vilus, Tyler Boyd, Aguilar. Um and then I don't love the tight end room. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being hard on you. Maybe I got the blinders on. I, I just think that what could have been done with that $52 was a really good running back or, uh, you know, a better wide receiver. Right. Or maybe a Pitts. I don't know. Oh, I don't need a Pitts. But, but I, I don't really... I don't personally believe in handcuffing quarterbacks. I know you got them both for a dollar, but they were roster spots. Um, and, and you know, in my opinion, if either of those guys, if Lamar or Jameis go down, your season's kind of tanking anyway. Right. I think the C-minus grade on me is very, very low considering you gave Deshaun's massage parlor a B-minus. He didn't need anything. But you, you look at this team and, and what I did for this draft, right? And my strategy, let's say two weeks ago, was go after a high-end wide receiver, go after a high-end running back. That didn't pan out because of how high guys were getting bid on. So I said, let's switch strategies and go young. I have eight rookies on my roster that are cheap. Eight rookies on my roster out of a 25-man roster, that's just less than a third. So that was a big part of this draft was get young. Daniel Ballinger is a tight end one in New York because Ricky Seals-Jones is out for the year. Uh, Veluse, I like him as a wide receiver for two bucks because he's he's a special talent. Kyron Williams will supplant. Is Veluse a special talent? Oh, he, he's he's pretty freaky athletic. But he's he's special. He's special. <laughs> he's special, and he's old, but he's a special talent. Uh, Kyle Phillips. The Gino tax, $13 right now, the most expensive rookie. I love his outlook. Kyron Williams adding to B-Rob and Tyler Beatty as rookie running backs. Cheap. These guys this time next year will have a much bigger piece in, That's their, respect, fine. That's fine. in their respective offenses. Right. So now I add Rashad Penny, who I think for the first four weeks of the season 
will be Rashad Penny what he was last year. Once October hits and once Ken Walker gets his legs under him, that could be a different story. However, I added him for $21. I didn't add Gibson for $29. I didn't add Clyde for $32. So I think it was the smarter contract for what I needed. Um, That being said, too, I had 18 guys going into the vet draft. Now I filled out my roster, and like I said before, I filled them out with some young pieces. So while I didn't add the Godwin that I would have hoped for or the Zeke that I would have hoped for because those guys got too expensive, I think I added a lot of pieces not only for this year but for next year. Rashad Penny, I mean, in a league where it's half-point PPR and half-point for a first down, you got to like his outlook in September. You really do. And that gives time where you could start him and Dobbins because I think Dobbins will play week one against the Jets, but God forbid he doesn't. I have all his handcuffs, and I have Rashad Penny, who probably shouldn't see any competition in the backfield for at least the first two weeks. So I didn't love my draft. I gave it a B. But that being said, I added, in my opinion, a starter right away and then five rookies at very reasonable contracts despite the Kyle Phillips $13. Um, But I think this time next year, we're going to look back and say Daniel Bellinger is a high-end starter. Kyron Williams is going to be the number two in that offense. And Velus Jones, I mean, someone's got to emerge outside of Darnell Mooney. So if the Bears take a step forward, which I don't think they're going to do, Velus might be the guy. So I like what I did for the future. Um, again, with only $52, you can't really – you don't have the $230 to spend like Evil Stevie did. That would have been a whole different draft strategy. Yeah, well, of course. But I added I added depth and I added, most importantly, rookies. So this time next year when all those cuts are being made, I can look at it and say, I have a $6 guy, I have an $8 guy, I have a $12 guy, and those are only second-year players. So while this year might not be the year, uh, I think I'm building for the future after having a very poor rookie draft last year when a lot of those guys to do at well Jalen Darden didn't pan out um, that I would have hoped for so I gave myself a B Uh, it certainly wasn't an A but I don't think it was a C just because of those depth rookie pieces that I added and I'll give my record a seven and seven Uh, I think I'll be competitive in some games think I'll lose a few close ones I'm banking on the Chris Olave being in my opinion a top 25 receiver at the end of the year I know that might be high I might be biased Um, but I'm banking on him being a consistent wide receiver too. Um, And that's part of the reason why I didn't go all in on a Godwin or on another receiver like a Nuke, Um, because I truly, truly believe that Alave, who's looked great in the preseason, will be a consistent weekly winner. So 7-7 for Gino, Joey, and uh, a B for uh, the HHC. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, good counter argument, but I heard, I did hear you say several times, you know, something to the effect of this time next year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bode well for for this year's record, in my opinion, unless you're really hoping for outperformances by your rookies, which it sounds like you are. Uh, we'll see, um, but I'm I'm down. I'm down on the the, the Hellfire Love Club. Love the haters, the Hoboken Hater Club. Yep. All right. Moving on, we, 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 I, I'm getting like my phone is blowing up. Our sponsors are really looking for this ad read. We got one more team to get one through, more. and then we can get to the ad and read. It, but it's a short team because they only had a three people. Yeah, so, so let's get straight to it. Yep. New Orleans Saints spent eighty four dollars, mm-hmm. only picking up three players though. Right. Uh, Thirty five dollars on Chris Godwin, forty six dollars on Kyle Pitts, Mister No Tuddy, and. Three dollars on the Lizard King, 
Sammy Watkins. Sammy, where did my hamstring go, Watkins? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I like the draft for the most part. I, I give it a B plus um, based on, you know, I think just allocation of funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't overpay anywhere. What's interesting is Kyle Pitts, I think, got dropped for like the same amount of money. Like he would have been more if whoever kept him, uh, like accepted the tax. Uh, like you got him for a bit of a discount, but like I thought he was going to maybe go for 55, 60 bucks. Right. Um, but I think Godwin was also a good deal. Just, just thinking about where he's progressed in his injury. Mm-hmm. But that being said, uh, I don't, I don't know how much those two guys in the grand scheme of things really, really impact the roster. I, I think Pitts does have the potential to be a game breaker. Uh, it remains to be seen. Um, and then Godwin, you know, he's a great player when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I, I do think – you know, coming into the draft with the amount of money that you had and the amount of players in the roster that you had, you did a very good job of picking up two very solid players that can immediately slot into your starting lineup. Agreed. I think Jerrolyn Sands did a very good job. I'm going to give him a B plus. The only reason I'm not giving him an A is we talked about it a few weeks ago. The running back room was a concern outside of Najee Harris. Now, going into the vet draft, you could have spent some of that $84 on a running back too, a la a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, you decided to go after a Chris Godwin. Now, if you look at the running back room at Jorlin Saints, outside of Najee Harris, it's Ramondre Stevens, Stevenson, who they're banking on really taking that step forward. A Kenneth Walker, who they're banking on as a rookie. Granted, he's fighting a hernia. Outside of that, there's really nothing. So that's why I'm hesitant to give this draft grade an A, A-. minus. Um, and then the other thing you look at is Jarrell and Saints already had three pretty good receivers in Waddle, Pittman, and Michael Thomas. Granted, Michael Thomas is hurt. Can I have another Medella if you don't mind? Um, but the $35 on Chris Godwin, in my opinion, probably could have got spent on a running back. And if that was the case, then this draft grade goes from a B-plus to an A-minus. I looked at the tight end position for a while at Jarrell and Saints and saying, this guy really needs to upgrade, and he did. And that's why I really like that draft because it was Tyler Higby and a rookie Trey McBride, who I got a lot of hope in Trey McBride because I think Ertz is in the waning part of his career. I don't think he's going to be productive for that much longer. They drafted Kai, uh, Trey McBride for his replacement, and he's going to be a damn good one. But the addition of Kyle Pitts is the reason why I like Jorlin Saints' draft grade and why I'm upgrading him in the record to an eight and six. So again, him and I, if you look at, HHC and Jeroyland Saints, HHC went heavy with less money on rookies. Jeroyland Saints went in on two guys with a lot of money. And that was the strategy I was going to take. Jeroyland Saints did that strategy, and that's why I think he's better in the short term. Um, Again, that running back two remains to be seen. That's why I'm not giving it an A, and that's why I'm not giving him a nine and five. But he's got one of the better quarterback rooms in the league. He's got one of the better wide receiver rooms in the league. You gotta love Pity taking a step up. I'm gonna give him eight and six, and that might be a little bit of a tease on our playoff prediction in the short term. Yeah, I got him for seven and seven. Uh, I think in in a very competitive Israeli division, and I think seven and seven very likely 
pushes for a playoff spot, makes the playoffs even. So I think they did a good job. I, I think that some of these big names are a little overstated in the way that they move the needle. But like I said, they're both going to be starting every single week. And that's all you can ask for in the vet draft. All right. My phone is on fire. Let's go to an ad read. Are you a Hoboken resident? Do you like drinking with your friends? Well, come on down to A Street Tavern. Located on 8th and Washington, A Street Tavern is the best bar to watch sports, drink beer, and play shuffleboard. It was previously owned by a man who was addicted to child porn, but wait, A Street Tavern is now under new management. While the menu might look different, the bathrooms will still be unchanged, so that is bad news for everyone who wants to do rippies in the bathroom. While A Street is cash only, you can never have too much cash on hand. Whether that is for Guinness or that is for Riz, cash is always king. Come on down to A Street Tavern. Well done, Gino. I think they're going to re-up their Under the Husk ad membership. I hope so. I, I will say, uh, speaking of those bathrooms, uh, for, for any of our listeners who have been there, uh, one, of our, one of our league owners, uh, he, he'll go unnamed because he knows who he is. He likes to take shits in that bathroom. Yeah. You, you know who I'm talking about. We're not yeah. going to name names. I mean, doing, doing a key bump is, is hard enough, but a shit in there? Unbelievable. At nine, ten o'clock at night, it's Ooh. it's really impressive. I, I God bl- God bless his soul. Yeah. Or yeah, he'd say he's, he, that you take that as a, an affront. So uh, anyway, good. He, th- he thrives off those small bathroom shits, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He's definitely an airplane shitter. Oh, absolutely, have, have guess, absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, we need to re up our thick. Um, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in the season. We'll we'll add yeah. some sort of thick uh, like segment in yeah. our in our matchup previews. Yes, but this is the best pot ever. We can't be distracted. Right, Motley Jew, our next contestant spent ninety dollars in the draft, bringing home Deonta Foreman, KJ Hamler, DK Metcalf, Albert Okwegbadam, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, and. Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky. I have him, them. He slotted in for a C plus. I don't. I don't think it was a good draft personally. Uh, there's been a lot made of the fact that Tyler Lockett was already on the roster. Can you start both of those? You know, on paper, premier receivers. Can you start them every week with with Gino Smith or? Swagcock throwing the ball? I don't think so. I, I think that I think that offense competes for the lowest scoring offense in the league. Um, so you know that premier buy, if you will, at a forty-one dollar price tag for DK Metcalf, I think you know is capped by the fact that they already own Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think, is an interesting speculative ad. Yeah, sure. He's going to be on your team next year, I would imagine, unless somebody trades for him because of some interesting news mid-year. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't move the needle. Um, Alberto, uh, there's been a lot spoken about how Russell Wilson does not target his tight ends very yeah. frequently, and he's got some great receivers over I mean, there. Alberto has been playing into the third quarter yeah. of some games. There's so. been weird talk of that. Yeah. I do like the $5 KJ Hamler ad. I will yeah. admit Tyler Lockett lo- – or Tyler Lockett – Russell, 
unlimited. <laughs> Let's ride. Loves his deep threat, and and the hand man is is good at that. And Tim Patrick went down obviously uh, in in preseason, so I think that's the best ad. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, um, your big name guy was the wrong one. Right. Let me do some quick math for you. Fifty two dollars that was spent on Tyree Kill, right? So we have that. $41 was spent on DK Metcalf, and $11 was spent on Mitch Trubisky. What's 41 plus 11? I'll do the math for you. 52. In my opinion, Gino, if you want to go after a wide receiver, which you desperately needed, Motley Jew, why go after a guy who's teammates with another guy on your team? Now, granted, I think DK Metcalf has an upgrade over Tyler Lockett, but having both on the same team, on the same roster, I should say, kind of a head-scratcher. You could have spent and outbid Evil Stevie, $53, $54, on Tyreek Hill. That would have made your team much better. Now, I don't know what you do with the receiver position because, in my opinion, here's the three, potentially four starters. Amari Cooper with no uh, massage parlor, DK Metcalf, and I would imagine you would also start Tyler Lockett unless Devontae Parker gets healthy and gets good. Kadarius Toney you did trade for, but he's also banged up, and he has Daniel Jones throwing to him, and that offense is in shambles. Now, Romeo Dobbs could take a step up. Nico Collins could take a step up. But those are some gambles. So when you look at it, being the math guy that I am, the $11 on Alberto, the $11 on Trubisky, and the $17 on Calvin Ridley – didn't make sense when you could have spent that money and allocated it towards Tyreek Hill and maybe even a Godwin. I mean, $41 is more than $35, so you also could have got Godwin with that same sentiment. So again, I'm giving you a B minus draft grade. And the reason why it's not a C or below is because, again, you you did add a piece to your roster in DK Metcalf, who granted he has either Gino or Locke throwing to him, but it is an upgrade because the receiver room was just decimated. Um, and I'm also considering the Kadarius Tony trade into this uh, draft grade. But I, I was a head scratcher because you have $90 to work with. You were in the last pod, which was the high roller pod, when we talked about it. We started with the, the smallest amount of cap and we worked all the way up. Good point, Jim. And having $90, I think that sh- there should have been a lot more strategy into who we're going after and who we want to target. And it could have been, you know, the, the deuce travel schedule. It could have been the moving back two weeks. But again, you moved back two weeks. So I would imagine that you would have had your business in order. It didn't seem that way on draft day. And I mean, Mitch Trubisky for $11, I don't think he's the starter by Columbus Day. And for those of you who don't celebrate Columbus Day, it's, <laughs> it's the first or second week of October. Um, nice. So, again, you have Dak and you have Tannehill. I like it. Did you really need to add a $11 Mitch Trubisky when you could have allocated that elsewhere? I just there's There were some head-scratching moves, and I think Motley Jew was in a position where he was a fringe playoff team last year. He didn't make it, but he had the roster too. And he did make a trade, and he didn't have some pieces. But, again, some of that money, now you're looking at You have a cap room of $4. You're going to look back on it you know, a month from now and be like, man, Gina was right. You know, like Maybe we should have spent a little bit more on God, but maybe we should have spent a little bit more on Tyreek Hill to give us a little bit more flexibility at a position that we were really thin on a month ago. So 
I'm gonna give you a B minus. I originally had a B, I moved it down to B minus. It's not a C because I still like you guys, um, but I'm giving you the record of a seven on seven. I think we're on par there. Um, it could have easily been an eight and eight. We just talked about Joel and Saints. Well, are we, are we adding two extra games to the season? What, seven, uh, eight, eight. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the Modellos. I had an extra Modelo to the bloodstream. So I think Motley Jew really had kind of everything in place to upgrade the roster. And if he did it, you know, if they did it smart and they did it strategically, we could have been in a position now saying that's an eight and six, that's a nine and five, that's a true contender. I just didn't love the moves. You have a $6 Dalton Schultz and you paid double for Albert O, who probably won't be the starter this time next year because they drafted a rookie tight end. Some head scratchers. And I like KJ Hamler, but again, and I like Calvin Ridley, but again, I just you could have spent those twenty two thirty dollars elsewhere. So that's why I'm giving you a B minus. Yep, I'm aligned on the uh, record. I have Molly Jew in for a seven and seven record, which uh, again we're we're not seeing uh, based on our roster breakdowns anyone who is head and shoulders above. I think there's a couple teams that are definitely below the pack, but uh, you know. Seven and seven pushes for a playoff spot. I don't love the moves, but I think the team is good enough to win any week. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the course of a long, grueling 14-week season, I don't know. I don't know, Jim. So that is Motley Jew, if you're paying attention. Moving on, we got another team with a Jew as the second letter in their, mm. their second word in their name. Nadaddy Kong Jew spending $96 if you'll remember, 89 of it came on Alvin Kamara. Was it 89? I thought it was 92. 89. Yeah, 89. Whatever. Ridiculous. $89 for Alvin Kamara. Uh, I love this move. He did purchase Henry Ruggs. Uh, I, I don't know if he knows something that we don't or he was just looking for that comp pick. Cut him right after this. So, uh, yeah. Bobby Tunyon. Juwan Jennings. Randall Cobb. Rex Burkhead and Brandon Bolden. I gave Nadaddy Kong a C. I think that when they were sitting around in the Trident factory, they might have been drinking some Bedellos themselves. I uh, operate in heavy machinery. I don't know what was going on over there. I don't necessarily agree with what they did uh, as a as a as a competitor in the Israeli division. I'm 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 happy that they allocated eighty nine dollars to one Alvin Kamara. I personally, yes, he's a great player. He's going to start every single week. He could potentially be the best player on their roster. But I I think that there were places uh, on that roster um, that could have been addressed. And and with the money that they were wielding coming into the season. Um, you know, I think that they could have uh, made some other moves. So I think you're going into the season with a number one running back in, in Alvin Kamara. But beyond that, a lot of question marks, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They do, it is well documented that they have a great, cheap wide receiver room. Um, and, and they're rolling out Kittle on a weekly basis, who people have their different thoughts on him, you know, but he's going to be good. Uh, so. Mac Jones, very bad reports out of camp. Carson Wentz, very bad reports out of camp. Herbert, I think, solidified as a top five guy. Easily. But I don't know. I, I just think money probably could have been spent a little bit differently. And I think some of the some of the joke ads, even though they had no money at that point in the draft, um, you know, 
could potentially, I think they've dropped a couple guys already. I actually just watched in our live spreadsheet, Gino change his uh, record from 10 and four to nine and five. So give it away. I have some, I have some sway apparently in my, in my words, but I I will say transparent, transparently, I have them as nine and five based on this C grade. I actually think that they did a little bit of, how am I going to word this? subtraction by addition. I do too. Uh, I, I think that they got maybe one of the best players, if not the best player in the draft, but I don't know if it was the right move. Right, and that's why I'm giving the draft grade a B is because you look at the prize possession in this draft, no matter how much he cost, and he was a hefty cost. He's a rental at the end of the day. Right, you got him. Now, the reason why I switched the record from 10-4 and four to 9-5 and five is this. You have to look back at last year to this year. What changed for Nadadi Kongju? He was rolling out Herbert and v, uh, MVP Aaron Rodgers. Now he's rolling out Herbert and a combination of Wentz and Mac Jones. That's a downgrade. Uh, you look at their running back room. Granted, you did get Kamara, but you trade in the offseason for David Montgomery, who I can't really trust that much. Uh, Behind that offensive line, he will probably return RB2 value. And then Josh Jacobs, who is heading towards a committee. Granted, you have his rookie backup in Samir White, but that's not something— Good luck making that decision every week. But that's not something I'm pounding the table on. And we all know David Montgomery has gotten hurt the past, what, two, three years. So that's one injury away from saying you only have Alvin Kamara. And by the way, as much as I love Kamara, he is not officially— officially out of the legal uh, doom and gloom of potentially getting suspended. I don't think it's going to happen. I would put it at a 10% chance. But all of a sudden, you need one video dropping, and boom, Kamara's going to get suspended. The victim is represented by Busby. Oh, the man. Right. So uh, this could be something where Daddy Kanju is sitting pretty at, you know, eight and two, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, happy Thanksgiving, Kamara's suspended for the rest of the year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. It could happen, and the fact that you allocated nearly $90, which was 95% of your available cap on that guy, that's why I think the draft grade to be. That's why I think the record's 9-5. and five. Do you have a very deep and a very cheap wide receiver room? Yes. Am I afraid to go against it week one? Yes. However, there could have been a little bit more addition uh, to the roster, and when we look at it 10 days later, there was a little bit more subtraction. So... I agree with you. I was on the fringe of nine and five, ten and four, you know, all day. I had ten and four. I wrote down nine and five. I think our division, you know, there could be some easy wins in there. Um, he could beat up on his brother twice a year. That will be very interesting to break down. Oh yes. But again, I think that Daddy Kangju is is fine for this year because he's going to be vying for a championship. He's you know licking at his chops last year, coming second in corn. He wants to win, and that's why he went all in. Uh, but again. If we're just grading the draft room and just grading the record based on the year-over-year change, I have to give it 9 and 5, and I'm tampering my expectations ever so slightly on Adler and Diaz Albertini. Yeah. Um, I and, and let's put this into perspective. 9 and 5 is our at least my top pick in the league record-wise. So that's still going to win the Israel division. I just think we mentioned it pre-draft. Uh, and I'm going to stick with this point of view post-draft, is uh, the league just got a little closer to, to the Daddy Kong. And, Definitely. and um, yeah, I, I just think things could have gone differently, and I think uh, maybe Kamara is the running back one, and then it doesn't matter 
but uh, I think depth could have been addressed because they had an already strong roster. Moving on to Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes? May or may not be the guy who shits in 8th Street. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He spent $73, most of it on Ezequiel Elliott and the other six on Hayden Hurst. I give it a B. Uh, I think that Tinelli was always going to be a guy who um, spent up on one player. I don't think there was much space on his roster to to build. Um, and I think he said, I'm going to come in at 8 o'clock, bid on Zeke, and be out of there by 8.15. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of him for hanging tough for, for the entire draft. Uh, that meant a lot. Uh, he's probably pretty stoned after that pick. But um, I think Hayden Hurst is w- arguably one of the most interesting players picks and one of the most interesting players actually this year because i have no idea what he's gonna be uh in in cincinnati um he's shown that he could be a good player uh but and and also the the Bengals joe burrow you use the tight end uh when it's there because god knows you can't cover everyone in that offense and the tight end so if he pans out for six dollars it's gonna be a great uh it's gonna be a great get um and and you know at at the end of the day, what you believe about this draft is what you believe about Zeke. Really, um, he got his guy. Uh, he addressed the relatively weak running back room, and some some good news pieces have been coming out about his boy Damian Pierce. So he's going to be able to trot out Zeke, James Connor, and Damian Pierce. I also like Khalil Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's just got a really fucking crowded wide receiver room of guys who could emerge. So I think things are looking up for Tonelli. I, I really like what he did with the rebuild. There's been some really cool videos that have come out of Tennessee of Malik Willis. Uh, while he may not touch the field, he, he won't touch the field this right. year. I, I think that if Tennessee finds themselves sort of in this like middle, like, not quite rebuild phase. I think they'll hand over the reins to Malik rather than pay Tannehill. Um, oh yeah, in the future. In the, in a, no, after this year. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'm just saying. I think he's he's a he's the first real case study in like a in a rebuild. Um, and while I think that he would probably rather have Brees Hall on his roster than Garrett Wilson, um, I do think Tonelli navigated the offseason waters well. Uh, I'm not going to be quick to put him in the playoffs, but I do have him at a 6-8 and eight record, which is uh, a 100% increase in wins. So he's going to compete. He's going to be a guy that's not a pushover when you see him on the schedule. Um, and, you know, if some of these young guys break out early, watch out. I'm giving him six and eight as well. I'm giving him B plus. He only had two roster spots to fill. Big void being that RB1, RB2. He got his RB1, RB2 and Zeke to pair with a Connor and a Damian Pierce. So I do like that room. I've I've been on record saying Kirk Cousins is going to have a stellar year. And you pair that with a Davis Mills second year. Zach Wilson when he gets healthy second year. There's some good pieces there. So I like what Tonelli did this offseason. The wide receiver room is still... You know, left to be desired because outside of A.J. Brown and Gabe Davis, there's a lot of question marks. Now, granted, you did lose Tim Patrick, um, but you do have some nice rookies. David Bell, Alec Pierce, 
uh, Garrett Wilson. So there are some nice pieces there. Oh, by the way, he does have the best tight end in the league at $67, Travis Kelsey. So he will make some noise and he will improve. He's not going to be what he was last year. So I got to give Snake Eyes six and eight record, slight improvement, B plus grade. Again, didn't have a lot to work with. And that's going to be the theme of the next kind of three or four teams that we break down. Uh, but again, I, I think bidding on Zeke Elliott for 67, knowing that he's not going to keep him next year, it, it's a smart move for the short term. So again, Tonelli, I, I think there's going to be improvement. Not ready to say a playoff team, but could be that guy who spoils the season in early December. Yeah, I think that's, you know, not a lot done on that roster, so not too much to go over, but I but he's on the right path. And, mm-hmm. and that's a strong snake, guys, is good for, for the league. Always. Uh, Gives him hope. Yeah. Uh, we and the guys, the guys already got enough seasonal depression going on, so uh, we want we want a very successful fantasy season for yeah, them. Please. Uh, next team uh, is myself, Iron Dome. Not much to talk about. I had one roster spot to fill with seven dollars to spend. I only spent one dollar on Cade Otten, the rookie tight end out of Tampa Bay. Spec ad. I, I, I'm I'm thin at tight end, and uh, you know, I wanted Eno Benjamin, but Sanchez outbid me. Um, it was just him and I bidding on him. I think he's a good get, but uh, yeah, Kate Otten. I think he's a speculative ad. I don't really have much faith in uh, Cameron Brait, and I think if if Kate Otten can show that he can block and he can play every down. It's Tom Brady's tight end. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's he's a rookie, he's one dollar, whatever. I gave myself a B minus. There just wasn't much to do there, uh, with an eight and six record pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean again, you can't really grade the draft on one guy with one roster spot, but you did what you did and you added a Tampa Bay Buccaneer rookie tight end. So yeah, yeah, B. Uh, <laughs> I guess there's not much there. I think where I want to get into it is the, the record and the overall outlook of this season because I didn't really get into it too much or there's not too much to get into it with the draft. I've been higher on your team more and more uh, as I look at the roster. Now, granted, since we broke down your team initially till now, you did end, uh, you did add Brandon Ayuk, but you look at the roster. Um, Joe Burrow and either Trey Lance or Tua, that's pretty solid. You have young guns at running back, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift. Love that. Wide receiver room, I know we talk about DMP, we talk about Sanchez, we talk about Nadaddy Kong. This might be one of the better wide receiver rooms in, in the league, to be honest with you. You have your stud with C.D. Lamb, you have your rookies with Drake London, with George Pickens, who's been fantastic, and then you have some other young guys who I like. I already did mention Brandon Ayuk, but Josh Palmer has been having a great camp. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, second-year guy at $2. How could you not like that? And Christian Kirk, who is the number one wide receiver in Jacksonville. So there might be a little bit of a surplus there. So you might want to trade for a tight end, maybe a Irv Smith. I'll start forever a week, Jim. But again, you know, you have you have your a plethora of wide receivers. It's never a bad thing to be abundant in a certain room because that could open up trades. It can open up for injuries. Um, again, anything could happen. But I, I really like what Iron Dome has done. I think he was upset that he didn't make the playoffs last year, having a very similar roster structure. He made some changes in the offseason, some trades. Again, I think maybe the Achilles heel, maybe, I could be proven wrong, is that tight end room. But again, tight end room is, we all know, the fourth 
or I should say the least important position, the fourth most important position of the roster. So that might be the only thing holding you back, but I have improved your record from eight and six to now nine and five. I love it. Uh, I, I feel a little bad now that I was so low on your roster, but uh, like you said, we, we shoot straight here and I appreciate your... Uh, You're just being a hater. Uh, we'll see. HHC, um, baby. We'll rise. That's right. Second to last team, everybody's favorite, That's the right. shrimp. shrimp. He's, he spent $54. Um, Did he? <laughs> he spent 54 yeah. When you look at those well, guys. Well, we're going go, to go through the names and, and we're going to decide whether or not he... Uh, you got scammed. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Devin Duvernay, Joe Flacco, starting quarterback for the Jets, Baker Mayfield, Ray Ray McLeod, Jarek McKinnon, Sony Michelle, and CJ Uzoma. You know, I'll say this much about the shrimp. Uh, he is a man of, of values. Whether you agree with his values or not, he sticks to his guns, and he is continuing to hammer down on those Jets. Oh, yeah. He picked up the starting quarterback in Joe Flacco, and uh, I don't know where C.J. Uzoma is on the depth chart. I would imagine he's got to be the starting I think, I think he's one, yeah. It yeah. should be one, yeah. Uh, but again, an offense that I think, generally speaking, we're not high on. Um Jacoby is a starter for the next 11 weeks, uh, allegedly. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think I know too – I know who he is. I don't know much about Devin DuVernay's outlook. Baker's another starter. Uh, Listen, you break it down. I give him a C-minus on this draft because I think that with the amount of money that he spent, he probably could have gotten a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, But – I think he got a lot of fluff that's not going to be on his roster next year. And and realistically, I think probably could have just grabbed one of these guys and just rolled the dice with one of them. I don't think the, the sum of the parts is he's going to be worth the money that was spent. And Great. maybe Baker's that guy. I, I don't know, but he wasn't that guy last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much better his roster got. It's probably a downgrade yeah. if you think about it. So I, I don't know. I, I see the intent here, but I I don't love what the shrimp did. I give him a C minus, and I have him at a six and eight. I think uh, some of the uh, mysticism of the shrimp god is going to wear off. I also give him a C minus. I also give him a six and eight. I understand getting one of the cheaper quarterbacks. I didn't really understand getting two, three of the cheaper quarterbacks. <laughs> three, if you count Flacco. Um, so if you look at Jacoby Brissett, I mean, according to Doctor Brad, Flacco's got a chance to make it through the whole season. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you got to trust your sources. But I think Baker Mayfield uh, has already announced the starter should be the starter for the entire year. So you're essentially going to roll out him and Goff. Uh, I don't think that's generally imposing if you're on the other side of that matchup on a given week. Uh, you mentioned Devin Duvernay. I like him. Uh, he's a speedster out of Texas. Could be that number two receiver, or I guess the number three option in Baltimore outside of Bateman, outside of Mark Andrews. Again, that's a run-heavy offense. That's a depth play. Um, didn't really love, if you look at $54, how the shrimp shrimp spent it. Uh, I think he could have gone after a few rookies, uh, considering that a lot of his team is, I don't want to say aging veterans, because veterans is the wrong word, but if you look at it this time next year, Aaron Jones is 55 um, you know, you have guys like Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to keep at 64. There's a lot of 
very expensive contracts where he could have gone after some rookies. Uh, you mentioned it again. He went all in on the Jets tight end. So God forbid anything happens to TJ Hawkinson. He's got the Jets tight end room. He does. <laughs> um, but again, you look at the shrimp. I thought that he might go after one of those top end quarterbacks just because he had some money to play with. He opted not to. And I think if that was the direction, he could have bolstered the roster a little bit more than he did. And that's why I give him a C minus. Uh, still rolling out Lenny Fournette, still rolling out James Robinson when he's healthy and Aaron Jones. So I do like the running back room. The receiver room is really left to be desired. Uh, once Gallup comes back, maybe you have a Gallup, Justin Jefferson, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore tandem. So again, there's there's hope, there's promise, but I don't necessarily see it with the shrimp this year. I think he could have been a little bit more aggressive in the draft with some of his rookies. Um, you know, spending guy spending money on guys like Jarek McKinnon, CJ Uzama, Joe Flacco, that that could have equated to maybe two or three rookies where all of a sudden that C minus grade goes to a B minus grade because you have two or three pieces for the future. Um, a la HHC. So shrimp, I didn't love the draft. Uh, I love you. I didn't love the draft. So, you know, sitting at a six and eight record and the projections solve your way out of that problem. Let me get a little touch out of that vape, Jim. Absolutely. As Gino cracks his fourth uh, Modelo, as you will see in the photo that I just sent to the group chat. They're, and I was like, usually I do the, I do the, uh, like the in the studio shots, like pre pod recording. That's a live, that's a live Gino in the middle of his shrimp uh, talk track photo. So uh, I hope you guys appreciate that. We might NFT that thing. Uh, moving on to the last team. <coughs> It's the Phantoms, Dr. Brad. Um, the, only, it's, it's, the only member with a PhD. <laughs> it's, it's actually crazy to think that we're in a, in a day and age where a doctor could own a football team. <sighs> I mean, there's some synergies there. There's some antitrust issues involved. Anyway, uh, the Phantoms deployed $35 in the vet draft, $2 on Zay Jones, who he will insist is the starting wide receiver for the <laughs> Jags. Uh, and then an interesting $33, maybe a controversial $33 on uh, what, what, what's a good moniker for the, the cum bandit? What, what are we calling Deshaun Watson? <laughs> cum bandit's not bad. Um, the gooch tickler. The gooch tickler. Um, like, well, I wanna, he doesn't tickle gooch. I want to harp on the fact that he can lay on his back and just like jizz himself without being touched. That's well, pretty impressive. We'll have a think on it. Yeah. yeah. The automatic jizz. I, I don't know. I I think I need more than formadellos to you know comprehend. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, a metaphor uh, here. I'm giving I'm giving the phantoms a B on that grade. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I just think that Deshaun. Uh, listen, we're in a we're in a league where your portfolio of players, if you will, they're ass. They're all assets. So Deshaun is an asset. He could. I, I personally don't see. Brad will, will disagree with me here, but I don't see a world where Deshaun is on Brad's roster after the trade deadline. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't think he can go 11 weeks without Deshaun. So if his intent was to draft Deshaun and then trade him for a first-round pick, it would be very it would be very Brad-like. Um, but I just I, I think after 11 weeks, the Phantoms are not going to be in a position to make a playoff hmm. push. Um, I don't know if that was his intent, but... At $33, Deshaun is a good contract. That's why I'm giving you a B um, and a 6-8 and eight record. 
Wow. Uh, I, I disagree with the draft grade. I actually gave it an A minus. And the reason I gave it an A minus is due to the fact, similar to you, similar to Snake Eyes, you had so little to work with, yet did you maximize what you had available? And I think $33 for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's not going to play for 80% of this season. And if you don't make the playoffs, he probably won't play for 90% of the season. However, $33 this time next year, he's under 40. And now you have him and Miss Unlimited as your two quarterbacks with Justin Fields as your third option. That is an improvement. And I, I do think maybe not for the short term, but for the long term, i.e. being really next year because those guys are going to get expensive, uh, you did improve the roster. Where I think the draft could have been an A- minus to an A is if you maybe, and again, I'm just speculating here, maybe adding two of those pieces from $35 to be quality depth pieces at other positions. Um but again, I didn't think that that was really the fit. I didn't think that that was the need. So I like what the Phantoms did. I mean, I'm giving it an A minus. I think Deshaun Watson was probably the number one, or I guess the number three quarterback option coming into the draft. He was the the third most expensive, but he's not going to be a guy this year. So that's why I'm kind of holding back on my A as opposed to A minus. But you did get a really really good player at a very valuable position. Um, but this time next year, though, you look at the roster. You know, is Daryl Henderson on the team? Is, you know, is Devin Singletary the guy? You know, is Rashad White going to be the number one in Tampa with no Tom Brady? There's a lot of question marks. Is is Weezer, is Coffin going to even be on his team? Oh, interesting. You know? He's got, he's well documented a lot of draft capital, though. Right. A lot of draft capital. Right. Draft capital. I understand that. But, I, I don't love it for this year. I think that he can make it work if Deshaun Watson's on his team next year with Mr. Unlimited because all of a sudden, if you tell me those two guys are starting 17 games, that's a number two, number three quarterback room in the league. Uh, there, there's probably no disputing that. There really isn't. So those are two top 12 options and you have them on your team. Most people have like a top 12 option and like a 13 to 20. But this time next year, what the Phantoms did could set him up for a very, very good quarterback room. Um, so maybe this time next year he straps all those guys at running backs and he says, you know what, let me just use my draft capital on young running backs. I could see it. But that Beach being said, man. this year I'm going to give him a 7-7 seven and seven record. I just don't see him getting over the hump in a tough division. I think he's going to be more competitive than he was last year, a la Snake Eyes. But, again, I, I think that this was a, a long-term play. Um, even though it was kind of a short-term solution, if you will, for the vet draft, because a lot of people have used that for kind of a short-term crux. But uh, A- minus for the Phantoms. All right. Um, I think uh, it's time to get into the playoff preview, which is not going to be as interesting as some would like. <laughs> we picked the same teams. We had different records, but we have the same teams making the playoffs. Uh, so... We don't even need to both say it, but we both have Boats and Daddy, DMP, Iron Dome, Cosmic Gumbo, and JOS. What's interesting is you and I have different records for those teams. Mm -hmm. So you're seven and seven for the Phantoms. Uh, maybe in my rankings could get them in. Uh, I didn't pick them to be seven and seven, but 
the the point is we don't have anyone eclipsing a nine win season. Um, I think things, I have boats going ten and four. You do okay, yeah, so you have, have boats, boats going, going ten and four. four. I don't have anyone over nine wins. Um, I think things have tightened up majorly. Right. Uh, and and I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a really fun season. And I think that now that we've removed ourselves one year from the startup draft, uh, we're able to look forward and and look at this as a dynasty league as right. opposed to just like a one year draft. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really fun year. Um, but before we go, I'll let you t- give your take on your playoff teams. Yeah, no, I, I think Boats is the. The one clear team that I have a little bit above everyone else, that doesn't mean that he is head and shoulders above everyone else. It's a slight margin, so I have him at 10 and 4. Uh, Nadaddy, 9 and 5. Deshaun, 9 and 5. Iron Dome, 9 and 5. Cosmic and JOS is 8 and 6. But again, I have a slew of teams, 7 and 7, and then another bulk of teams, 6 and 8. Uh, that could be decided by an injury. That could be decided by you not starting the right player. So to your point, co host, there's a lot more parity this year. It's not a keeper league. It's really going to be some slim margins here. So I would love to come back on this in two months and say where we went right, where we went wrong, uh, how we're kind of forecasting and projecting because things could change. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, maybe throw the HHC in there as only you know, eight and six. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. I, I don't know. Just yet, you know, we all got redraft leagues coming up. We got that research to do. As of now, the next time you'll hear these beautiful voices will be the week one preview show. So there's some good matchups. God bless. Get that corn. And of course, of course, enjoy Labor Day. Good luck, except for anyone that's in Band of Brothers with me on your redraft leagues, your survivor picks, your futures bets. We're right there, fellas. We're right there. Hello.